Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We talk Royals today with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Vahe Gregorian. Our first segment is devoted to Alberto Mondesi and the comments made earlier this week by general manager Dayton Moore. Moore said that the Royals will have to think differently about the injury-prone Mondesi going forward, suggesting the plan for 2022 is to have multiple players ready to go at that position. After a break, the conversation turns to the moves made by the Royals at the trade deadline, moving Danny Duffy and Jorge Soler. Soler was swinging a hot bat before the Royals traded him to the Braves, but it had been a struggle most of the season for Soler as he was trying to recapture the the swing that led him to hit 48 home runs, a Royals record in 2019. Duffy, that was a tough one for Royals fans. He's been an extremely popular player and at times the team's best pitcher over his decade-plus service here in Kansas City. He's a link to the championship teams of 2014 and 2015 and was having an excellent season this year before injuries slowed him up. We speak to the prospect of Duffy now with the Dodgers returning to Kansas City next season. This show started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from sunny Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, the show where we talk Kansas City Royals with you and those in the media who know them best. Uh, and today, that is Vahe Gregorian, columnist here, and Lynn Worthy, the beat writer. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning, lads. Good. I can hear you. It's always good. That's what the good morning is for, so I can make sure I can hear you guys. And looks like we are well connected, thanks to Beth Welsh. And a uh, big shout-out to our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. Uh, got a lot to cover today uh, regarding the Royals. And please send us your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. So, Lynn, uh, so I was thinking about the show on Sunday and looked like, you know, I, I always jot down some notes. You know, the trade deadline was interesting and uh, you wrote about that. And we were going to talk about, you know, Danny Duffy's departure, Jorge Soler gone to the Atlanta Braves. And we will get to those topics later in the show. But then Monday came around and uh, I was I happened to be listening to a radio interview that Dayton Moore was doing with uh, Bob Fesco on 610 Sports, where he mentioned uh, how the Royals plan on utilizing Alberto Mondesi in the future. <clears throat> and I was I kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. I noticed you followed up with Dayton Moore about this. And so uh, the gist of it is um, – the Royals are saying, or Dayton Moore is saying, that they've got they've reached a point where they don't, at least what he said on radio, that they can't count on Mondesi to be an everyday player. And, of course, that's true for this year, right? He's missed a ton of games. But it, it might it, you know, impact the Royals' thinking for next season. And th- that's that was the newsworthy part to me. So... Take us a little deeper into into this story and what it means for the Royals in 2022. Yeah, I, I happened to be listening to the radio yesterday as well and um, decided that it was worth uh, placing a phone call after hearing uh, what Dayton had to say. Um, so the main takeaways for me was obviously in the radio interview, he said 
Um, he was asked a direct question about, you know, Mondesi and whether they're going to be able to count on him as an everyday player going forward. And he answered pretty frankly and honestly that, no, they can't count on him as an everyday player going forward, not just for the rest of this year. And he's, you know, they expect him to be back this year, but um, for 2022. And so I wanted to, you know, follow up with Dayton to find out exactly what that meant. What does that mean as far as how they're going to proceed going forward? Um and, you know, and he was clear that he made sure to be clear that they're not giving up on Mondesi. They're not getting rid of Mondesi. They're not trading Mondesi. But um, and I think Fresco had uh, Bob Fresco had used the number, like you know, 100, 100 games or whatever. And he was like, yeah, you can't count on And Dayton said flatly, you can't count on him for more than 100 games when you're going into the season. Now, 162 game season, that's saying something that you can't count on your starting shortstop for more than 100 games at best just based off of his track record. Now, I think Royals fans, uh, I was interested that, you know, because he hadn't played more than 110 games in any season until I think it's back 2014 or 20, 2013 might have been the last year that he played more than that, including minor leagues and everything. Um, and so I think there's, you know, probably a thought amongst Royals fans that you could have said that a couple of years ago, couldn't you, about Mondesi that he couldn't, you know. And so I asked Dayton, and, I, and it was interesting to me, Dayton, said, well, no, he didn't, they didn't look at it that way. Even 2019, when he got hurt, he played 102 games. He got hurt with his shoulder. They didn't look at that as a year where he necessarily broke down and that he was injury prone. They looked at that as sort of a freak injury. You know, he hurt the shoulder, diving in the in, um, foul territory. He came back from that injury, continued to play every day, re-injured it at the end of the season and required surgery, which – I think they probably in their minds knew that that could require surgery, but he decided to keep playing and he wanted to prove that he could play through and he did and still played 102 games. Um, so they weren't looking at that as a sign that he wasn't going to be able to play every day. Um, and then last year, obviously, he didn't perform well, but he played every day in the shortened season. This year, for him to come in in great shape and then just break down multiple times, that changed their thinking. And so that was what I that was part of what I took away with from the conversation that I had with Dayton after the radio interview. And then also going forward, he's he's planning on they have to build this roster saying that they're going to have at least two people who they feel like they can play shortstop every day. If one of those is going to be Mondesi and at least is also the part that stood out to me, too, because that means. You know, you can look at this season and say Nicky Lopez proved that he can do that. He might not be, you know, a uh, elite shortstop, but he can play it every day. But that opens the door for, okay, maybe that means when Bobby Witt Jr. arrives that he's in that mix too. So that's, to me, those were the big takeaways. Is they're not giving up on Mondesi. They have changed their thinking as far as him being an everyday shortstop, and they will take that into account as they build this roster that they need at least – one other person, maybe two, they can play that every day. And don't be surprised if next season, when the season starts, assuming Montessi is healthy, if he's not out there six, seven days a week, if he's out there three, four days a week, like he's, he's getting you ready for that. Okay, let's, let's get into that a little more. But first, I wanted to get Vahe's reaction to, to this. It's a little bit surprising, really. For, but, but I think a kind of you know refreshingly honest from Dayton Moore to to say what he did, he, he did certainly wasn't under an obligation to project with next year's team. And um, uh, but we were all curious about Mondesi this season and the brittle nature of Alberto Mondesi. And Dayton Moore just kind of put it out there that 
this is not, you know, we, we, he's, he's got the track record as such that, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't plan on him for 140, 150 games next year. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we can all track this back a little bit with Dayton. I mean, it's certainly been a couple of years since he's been sort of asterisking anything he says about Mondesi with, but we've got to keep him healthy. He's got to stay healthy. And I do think, I mean, from Lynn's reporting and just, you know, observable data, you can say that this is where it, it just crossed the line for them philosophically, that they just have to look at it differently or they're being imprudent. Um, and, and yet, I think by speaking about it the way he did and amplifying the point with Lynn, it is, you know, make it clear, not trading them, you know, we're not giving up on them, et cetera. We just have to be realistic about the context of what he can be for us. Um, I think it, I think it does a couple things, but but one thing I do wonder is Dayton. Sometimes I don't think he thinks directly this way, but I think sometimes he he's sending a message a little bit to the player through what he says publicly. Um, if you recall, when when uh, he was publicly speaking about uh, Montesi a few years ago, telling telling us in the media that you know he thought he could have the same impact on this team as Patrick Mahomes has on the Chiefs. Um, I think it, it's a way in some sort of way, it's a motivational thing. Now, I don't exactly know what what he has said to Mondi specifically about this, Lynn. I don't know if you came across that. I don't remember seeing whether um, that got into your story, but I do wonder what he has said to Mondi uh, along these lines. I think he's looking at this as also in, in a way taking some pressure off of Mondesi because I think there's the – especially with the track record, there's the looming question of, okay, is he going to be able to play every day? Is he going to be, you know, is it, it, even when he is out there, if they're going to give him these extra days off. And, and, and I, it occurred to me afterwards when Modesty came back, I think it was from, I'm not sure if it was from the oblique. I think it might've been from the hamstring this year. Cause he's had the two obliques and the hamstring thing that he dealt with this year. And I think it was after the hamstring thing where he came back, played and then had a day off and everybody was like, Whoa, what happened? And, and Mike Matheny at the time said, well, we always knew he, we were going to ease him back in. And so I think part of what Dayton's doing also is like sending that message to Mondesi, to his teammates, to fans, to us in the media. Mondesi is not going to be an everyday guy. And so just planting that flag right now. And so that nobody, whether that's us, whether that's teammates, so nobody should be saying, well, is he going to play every day? He's telling you right now he's not going to play every day, and they're not expecting that, and they're going to build the team so that that's not the expectation. And so, in a way, maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off of Mondesi because they're telling you know they're letting it be known flat out right now that you, he's not an everyday player. And I would assume that they that's what the message is going to be to Mondi is that we're not going to expect you to be an everyday player. If he shows that he can do that, and they gradually ease him into that, and he increases the workload, and that's something that they he surprises everybody, then I think they look at that as gravy. But that's not the expectation, and they're letting everybody know. It seems like not just us, but I would assume Mondesi and the rest of the teammates so that they're not like, well, are you going to be able to go? Are you going to be able to play every day? Or what's, what's the deal? Are you going to be able to push through it? He's trying to cut that off right now. Great point. It could have proved motivational for Mondi. Um, though he's he's always been the shortstop, right? Uh, uh, the, the, the guy uh, when he was you know major league ready, he was going to be the Royal shortstop, and uh, didn't never had to earn it. 
um, his his skill and his talent level gave him uh, the put him in the position that he's in. Um, and I'm not saying he, going forward he still has to, you know, uh, it's it, it's not a it's, it's not a job that he's going to have to win. But uh, this is the first time that I, I think I've heard somebody say publicly, Dave Moore, that um, you know he's he's not our guy, uh, not always, and not you know not automatically. He's going to have to earn a little bit of his keep here, and at least any I'm I'm hoping that it serves as a little bit of motivation for Modesty. One, well, one thing that's it's interesting, I just thought about this, Blair and, and Lynn, from being down at uh, Springdale to see the to see his rehab assignment when he was there with Bobby Witt Jr. And speaking with Dayton down there, um, and we've heard this in different forms over the last year or so, I suppose, but Dayton very explicitly saying that the, the pillar of their future, pillars of their future are the amount of time they can get Mondesi, Bobby Witt Jr., and Sal on the field at the same time. So when you when you think of it that way, that's a this is a pretty long, pretty broad departure from putting it that way. I mean, but I do think that there's some something in the messaging that's that's maybe a little different than just well we can't count on them. I mean, I think there's something more to it there, whether it's you know easing up his mindset or motivating him one way or another. I, I don't think we have to conclude that he'll. If he's healthy, he'll never play more than 100 games, right? I mean, I think if if he demonstrates he can carry the workload a little bit, that that, that will be a changing dynamic. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to follow up was because, I, th- I mean, and Dayton's interview obviously was, was longer than just that one comment, but I think there's going to be a lot of people who take the comment that says we can't count on him for more than a hundred games or something to that effect. Those aren't the exact words and just take that and run with that. And that's all that anybody's going to, you know, take from what Dayton had to say. And so that's why I was like, well, let me make sure that I, I get a sense of what exactly he means by that, what that means going forward. Um, but I do think you met, as you mentioned, Vahe, like there was not, not a plan, not a set in stone, but I think there was sort of this vision of potentially, you know, Potentially, Nicky Lopez is your everyday second baseman. Adalberto Mondesi is your everyday shortstop. And at some point, Bobby Witt is your everyday third baseman. I think there was potentially that vision. And I think they have sort of moved off of that and realized that, that that's probably that, – that that vision is, is cloudy at best at this point. So now they're moving off of that and realizing that – what they're going to have to do, at least going into next year, or what they're going to have to pre- be prepared to do, at least going into next year, be more like what you get from um, you've seen with NBA teams these last couple of years with load management, where you see guys, some of the star guys, some of the big name guys who just don't play every day or in the NBA, it's, you know, maybe it's not back to backs. Maybe it's, you know, they don't play the four games in the, th- in, in the week or whatever it is. Maybe they only play three like it you're going to probably see something like that with Mondesi and they'll have to work around that. And they'll have to build a roster saying, okay, whether that means Nicky Lopez, if he's going to be your everyday second baseman and you're going to leave him there, then that means you're going to have somebody else on this roster who can be counted on to play shortstop those three, four days, however many Mondesi's not there. Or you're going to have somebody that if Nicky's going to be playing shortstop regularly that you can put at second base and and who can also fill in that short if, you know, Mondesi's out for an extended period and, you know, you, you don't want to have Nicky there or if you're worried that Nicky, you have to have backup for Nicky in case something happens with Nicky. So that's, I think that's where they're at now. 
Okay, we're going to take a break here. Before we go into the break, uh, I just want to say that we'll save a segment of a future show for the season that Nicky Lopez is having because I think it's just been terrific and uh, he has absolutely earned his keep with this ball club. But uh, uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about old friends uh, in, in new places and uh, especially one who has been in Kansas City for more than a decade. So let's hear from the University of Kansas Health System. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Kansas City Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare. The University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind, to win. The University of Kansas Health System, official healthcare provider of the Royals. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back on Sportsbeat Live, presented by the Kansas City Star and the University of Kansas Health System with Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian. Okay, guys, trade deadline came and went on Friday, and the Royals did not sit idly by. They bid farewell to a, a couple of uh, a couple of players. Jorge Soler, of course, led the American League and set the franchise record with 48 home runs in 2019. Uh, was was just really awful for for all but about the final two weeks of this season that he played with the Royals. He went to the Atlanta Braves for a minor league pitcher, and I've noticed that in two games with Atlanta. Jorge Soler has picked up where he left off. He's four for seven in those two games with the uh, with the Braves. No home run, but uh, I'm, that'll that's coming soon for him. But I want to spend more time discussing Danny Duffy, and uh, I, I hated to see him go. I'm glad he went to the team that he grew up cheering for. And Vahe, you know this topic better than anyone. Selena and Bill have both both uh, commented about Danny Duffy. I just wanted to get your thoughts, and um, I, I'm uh, again nobody had a, a kind of a better relationship in the media than you did with with Danny. Well, it, Danny, one of the things I got to do was go out to Danny's hometown of uh, Lompoc, 
the poke, as we call it, uh, <laughs> a few years ago. And one of the enduring parts of that story or the things that I remember really resurfaced when this happened, which was his, I mean, deep love of the Dodgers when it went and his, his uh, allegiance that went to draft day where he was, his mom had to cheer him up that he got drafted by the Royals instead of the Dodgers. And he still has a little Dodgers baby jacket in his closet at home and the sign ball from Tommy Lasorda and cried when Mike Piazza got traded to the, the Marlins. So I bring all that up just to say, and I think this is clear from, from the waiver. And, and I, again, Lynn and Pete Gradoff with great hustle getting on the call with Danny the other day. I mean, Danny had to sign off on this trade as a 10 and five guy. And I think he saw it as greater good for, for the Royals, but I think also um, this is a, a pretty cool moment in time for him uh, to, to go there and be part of a, a potential world series run, uh, be near his family. We'll see what the future holds after this season, but I think, um, I think there's a reasonable chance that he could come back here. I, I, I remember Dayton Moore being on the teleconference the other day, sort of addressing that probably more strongly than he's supposed to because he cut himself off and said, I've already probably said too much. So, but one last thing that I'll yield the floor. I just, um, I think Danny struck all of us in a, in a kind of profound way because of his sheer humanity. I mean, whether it was just, his demeanor when you walked in the clubhouse, the interactions we've seen him have with fans, um, obviously the uh, very emotional um, response he had when Jordano Ventura died and all the things that went with that, including going to the stadium to console fans. Um, that's just not common stuff. And we, we meet plenty of fine people in these locker rooms and clubhouses, but it, it's hard to think of too many people that were just kind of more real and, and human uh, to interact with than, than Danny has been. Well, along those lines, and, and before we get to Lynn and the sort of the practical application of going forward without Danny Duffy and Jorge Soler, uh, Pete Gradhoff had a story uh, posted that on his final day in Kansas City, Danny actually helped. Uh, I'll have to look at it uh, to see specifically, but actually – uh, came to the aid of a man who was suffering from heat stroke here in town. How about that? Um, just very typical, Danny. And I'm sorry for the uh, for the for the uh, light change behind me. <laughs> I'm sitting in a room with uh, automatic lights that the uh, you know for for good reasons turn off automatically when. Nobody else in the, in the room. So. You, you got you to be more demonstrative and wave the hands around. <laughs> right. there, I know. That's right. Yeah, jump up. It'll make it work. Right. To be honest with you, I'm sitting in the Chiefs press room up in St. Joe, and nobody comes in here until about 11 o'clock after practice. So just bear with the darkness here for a little, little while longer. Um, so, Lynn, what is uh, – so Royals without Danny Duff, first of all, do we know – what, uh, how the Dodgers are going to use him and, and when Danny's going to be able to pitch again. Well, Danny addressed that on his, uh, his conference call that he had um, after joining the Dodgers. Um, he said that he, the, what he was told was that likely, um, I believe it was late August, early September, I believe it was, uh, if 
if I'm remembering correctly, was what they were looking at. Um, and I think he also mentioned that they sort of depended on the role because, and he wasn't sure if that was going to be starting, if that was going to be relieving. Um, he did make the point to say that he liked the idea of relieving. He enjoyed the time that he did it with the Royals. He liked being put into those um, crucial situations. Um, but he said he was up for whatever they needed them to do, obviously. Um but yeah, he's still at least a few weeks away from being able to to help them. Um, but um, yeah, it could be either way because the Dodgers, obviously, you know, they've they've loaded up with some of the trades they've made. I mean, you t- um, in my in my head, I'm trying to think which ones they've they've lost. But they already had, you know, a guy like David Price who was, uh, I believe, had been working out of the bullpen this year. They had the the whole. Uh, situation with Trevor Bauer where he was in their rotation and obviously has not been in their rotation, but they also picked up Max Scherzer. So um, they've, they've added some, uh, some heft to that pitching staff uh, just in these last couple of weeks. And Duffy, when he comes off the IL, because he is still currently on the IL with the flexor strain um, is going to help them, but it remains to be seen what role. And he said, he's open for whatever. Um, as far as the Royals, obviously he'd been on the IL, so they they had been proceeding without him and had been hoping to integrate him back in. You know, when he was able to come three or four weeks from that, uh, from I guess last week. Um, but right now, actually, it's interesting. We look at the series coming up. You're going to see, I believe, Bubich, Hernandez, Lynch. Um, it's it's the youth movement when when you look at the the Royals pitching staff and um, I think that's part of the reason that, that Duffy is no longer here and then obviously being at the end of his contract soon to be joined by Coar um, with the as the youth movement continues for the Royals Stephen comments we can still see you Blair um, I'm not sure that's a good thing but thanks for for letting me know um, all right hey uh, we cannot rule out the possibility of Danny Duffy becoming a royal again in in 2022 right and that's uh you know he becomes a free agent after this year i suppose lynn if if danny duffy does return to kansas city with a uh, with, with a new deal we might see him continue the role that that uh, he would he was put in this year and and we expect him to be with the dodgers and that is out of the bullpen it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would be interesting to see if that's something that Danny would sign on to do, if it's if he would hit the market and, as a starting pitcher and see what offers are there, see if, you know, one of the California teams, um, you know, showed some interest in having him stay out that way. Um, just sort of thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking about, you know, like you know, obviously he's with the Dodgers right now, but a team like the Angels um, – has always been looking for pitching. I mean, I think they were the one team this year that every draft pick they used was on pitching. <laughs> and they have a person in the front office who was with the Royals not too long ago in, in Gene Watson. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for, with him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a guarantee he comes back. Um, I think the Royals obviously are looking to transition a lot of those, uh, the young pitchers that they have. And, 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 you know, you already have Mike Miner, you already have Brad Keller. And then those other spots you're probably looking at, you know, Brady Singer, um, Lynch, Bubich, Kowar. So it seems like you have starting options. If Duffy would want to go to a bullpen role, and obviously that would seem like it might be a fit, but he should probably have options. Right. I feel like it's sort of, in my mind, anyway, it's more likely than not 
that he comes back. And I don't want to get people overexcited about that. But I, what I think is the great unaccounted for variable here is how he does perform when he comes back and whether suddenly he's really a coveted guy instead of, you know, a guy who might be able to help here, here and there somewhere. I mean, I think that could change the landscape for him one way or another. Yeah, Bahia, I was going to ask you, um, you know, he's a California dude who really became comfortable in this part of the country and has spoken about that publicly and privately, how just how much he enjoys living in Kansas City and and and, and wants to be here. I got to think for a, a guy like that, that 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 plays a role in a decision, when, especially when it comes to contract terms. I I would think so, and uh, you know anything we've ever seen about him suggests he he uh, he's you know he's got to be a businessman, right, it, it, to some degree. But I also think. Uh, he would he would consider more factors than maybe some other people would in, if it's close or, or if it's just a sense of this is home. I do think you know he is a California guy. No no way about it. But he's he is he is a Kansas City transplant also. And I know it, it maybe it's a little cliche, but not such a cliche. I didn't feel like I needed to use it in what I wrote the other day. Um, or I'm not so afraid of cliches that I didn't hesitate to use it. But the the whole bury me a royal thing. I mean that's. That goes back about seven, eight, nine years, and he lived it. I mean, he he uh, he lived it with how he views the organization and how he treated his teammates and how he uh, kind of wove himself into Kansas City, whether it was charitable causes or just you know walking to work sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, and because Sam Mellinger isn't here, uh, we are all Kansas City transplants, and uh, <laughs> have chosen to. To hang out in this town for for quite a while so all right you guys that was a great conversation i i really appreciate uh, lynn worthy and vahe gregorian for stopping by and talking royals big thanks to producer beth welsh and shout out always to the university of kansas health system for sponsoring today's show we will be back next tuesday talking royals on sports beat live please join us then That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs at training camp, the Royals, our colleges, the soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? Go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City 
and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. Music.